Hello, friends. Welcome to Detox Podcast. I am Denise Walker, your host, and welcome to a new episode. This one is called uh, White Noise. And some exciting news first, I've been invited to participate in an event by Sober Saturdays here in Edmonton. Uh, She is doing some incredible stuff. You may have seen her in the news, multiple news articles, papers, TV, what have you, the radio. Um, Her whole thing is that she puts on sober fun events because we all love to party, right? It's kind of a trait that a lot of us had. And when you get sober, you kind of, uh, you get isolated from that a little bit. You kind of have to choose one or the other, but mm, wrong. You have Sober Saturdays, who is going to provide you with super excellent sober fun with a whole bunch of super excellent fun sober people. So this event is called Love Fest. It is on February 23rd, and tickets are available on Eventbrite. The fun thing about this is that it's a secret venue. It's not the only fun thing. I think I've said fun like a hundred times in the last ten seconds, but... It's a secret venue, so as time goes on, she is going to be releasing hints on social media. You can follow her on Instagram at Sober Saturdays, with a Z there. Um, And as we get closer, there'll be a little contest for guessing, and if you guess where it is correctly, um, I'm not sure of the exact rules, but you can win tickets to the event. So yeah, you can buy those on Eventbrite. I'm going to be doing poetry Um, And the whole event is about self-love and how the uh, there is a direct correlation between negative self-image and addiction, which is something that I am passionate about. So I am super jazzed to be invited to be a part of this. Uh, There's going to be other cool things. There's going to be like a runway and hair and makeup, and it's just going to be very uplifting. I am so excited. I hope to see you there. And yeah, gearing up here for um, Pick Your Poison Volume 2. I'm doing the last minute edits and getting stuff back for my beta readers. The cover is coming along nicely. Everything is falling into place. Um, but it's still uh, a, little, a little tiring, all these tasks that I have to complete. So that kind of ties in with the topic for today, which is white noise. And uh, we're going to get into that uh, right now. So here is white noise. I'm an attic buried transistor radio, rusted stuck between two frequencies, where the FM station plays lively, carefree melodies that remind you of summer skylines. The other is much more frenetic, AM and harrowing, Mumbles and screeches that you can't quite decipher. It isn't summer, it's dead of winter. And the nostalgia it pulls is barren and frigid. The two stations mingle and slice, jarring then lilting with sweet moments of soft static. The stimuli is often much more than too much, and the only chance for silence is to turn me off. Uh, So this ties in to stuff we've been talking about so far, um, addiction and the body, addiction and um, the way that it affects our different systems in the body, our uh, nervous system. And this one has to do a lot with uh, the stress in the body and the dopamine response. 
So in a healthy brain, you have uh, what is called a hedonic set point. Not just in a healthy brain, everybody has a hedonic set point, but in a healthy brain, that set point is kind of this baseline that you have uh, for happiness and pleasure. So you're at this baseline, and typically when you have a dopamine response, something normal that happens in your life, not a chemical-induced dopamine response, just something normal that comes along and provides you with happiness or pleasure. It's just slightly above the baseline. It's about, it's just supposed to give you a little tiny boost that says, oh, I really like this. And then you taper back down to normal. That's normal. That's what it's supposed to be. Here is what alcohol does or drugs. Pretty much every drug. So you have... Um, And yes, that's right. Alcohol is a drug. The dopamine spike created by alcohol is extremely high compared to what your normal dopamine spike would be. And the body recognizes that as, holy shit, this feels amazing. I want more of this. That might not be like the thought that crosses your mind as you have alcohol um, or drugs, but that is what your brain is thinking. And over time, as you chronically do this and you keep uh, inducing those high spikes, high spikes, high spikes, your baseline has now shot up. This threshold, this dopamine threshold is now way high, and the only thing that can hit it is a substance that will create an artificially spiked dopamine hit. Normal things that used to give you pleasure do not. They don't even touch it. And that's where that disparity comes from. And that's where the sadness and the depression and the anxiety that we feel, this like, without the drug, we're in this kind of zone that just feels gross and feels not at all like it should. I remember having talks with my roommate uh, like four or five years ago where we would just be sitting there and I would just keep saying to him over and over, I have such a good life. Everything in my life is perfect. Why am I so unhappy? I felt this deep baseline of sadness And (laughs) it was right in front of me, wasn't it? I was drinking all the time. And somehow I didn't put those things together. But that's what addiction is. It creates this, this emptiness, this disparity, and we just have to keep going back to it for the reward. Our brains need it, that high, that hit. It's up there, and we can't quite reach it. I'm, like, sitting in my bedroom right now, like, reaching up to the ceiling, like, gesticulating even though you can't see it, trying to hit that crazy high set point. And this is problematic for when you enter withdrawal, right? So that's why it feels so awful. One of the reasons, anyway, is that 
immediately you're not uh, you're not hitting that point anymore, and that's craving. That's when craving sets in, and it's like you need this, you need to get that, you need to get up there. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And literally, nothing you do is going to get there. And your hedonic set point is so high, but eventually you can bring it down. You can normalize it by not putting the substance in your body. By refusing to put it in, you can bring that shit back to normal. And things will feel good again. Normal things will make you happy again. One of the things you can do to help you with this and to get it back to normal is to slow down your input. So the brain is already freaking out at this point, right? It's like, give me alcohol. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. What the fuck are you doing to me? And you're like, "Uh uh-uh, nope. Can't do it. Sorry, buddy. Can't do it. Um, So you've got all that shit going on, right? But how the hell are you supposed to calm down? How the hell are you supposed to get down back to zero? Like, look at your day like this. You go to sleep, you set your alarm, the first thing you hear in the morning is this blaring alarm. You wake up, already you're kind of you're kind of high, right? You've got this stimulus right away, immediately. Your brain is already firing. And as you go, you're you go to work and you've got all of this um, information just hitting you, all this stimulus. You've got computer screens and people talking to you and stuff you've got to handle and compartmentalize, multitask, sort through it all, do it, what have, what have you. And of course, you've got other things that you think about too, right? Perhaps you're already worried about said witching hour that's going to come. Remember witching hour? That's like when you get to the end of the day and you're already decision fatigued from all of the things that you have had to decide throughout the day. So when you get to the end of the day, your brain has no more defenses left. What can we do? What can we do when we get back to that? Your brain is screaming for your dopamine hit. Your, your brain is so jumbled up. You got so much going on. Uh, you're listening to music in the car. There's, uh, I don't know, you go for lunch and there's a baby screaming. Uh, you, you're you staring at your your cell phone on your brakes and you're scrolling through Facebook and getting all of this data, 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 and your brain has to sort through it. Uh, you think it's a calming mechanism to look at your phone and perhaps um, the calming that is happening is a, hmm, a dopamine hit, perhaps. Um that is also artificially created in your body by looking at this thing. So what we can do to chill the fuck out is to perhaps use a different way of waking up. Um, Set an alarm that's like a slow, low, nice, chill melody that hopefully will still wake you up, but isn't like, you know, Um, maybe don't listen to music on your way into work. Don't look at your phone the second you wake up. Don't start scrolling through your emails. Don't start going on Facebook. Don't look at Instagram. Don't look at people's Snapchat stories. Just 
slow it down. Slow the input that you're making your brain process. You've got so much craziness going on in there already. Let's just chill it out. Maybe on days that you don't have to work up, wake up, um, don't set an alarm. For days that you do, perhaps use like an analog alarm, not your cell phone in your bedroom. I mean, I, could, I preach this, but I don't practice it. Um, I try to leave my phone in the living room when I don't have to wake up at a certain time uh, because that way it's not just right there for me to grab, you know, and just look through because that for me is incredibly difficult to not have that be the first thing that I reach for in the morning. And that is annoying to me that that is a a routine, um, an addiction in itself that my body's just trained to want to look at my phone, see if I have any messages, see if people want to connect with me, see what people are doing on Facebook, look at my little notification icons, my little red dots, my numbers. Perhaps don't watch TV when you eat breakfast. I know I do that all the time. I love watching TV while I eat. Perhaps just take some quiet time, like read a book like a physical, tactile book. This nice little... Yeah. Um, yeah, don't listen to music on the way to work. Or if you do, listen to something else. Um, what I've been doing recently right now is there's actually uh, these frequencies. Um, most, um, most things that we listen to are 440 frequency, like most like popular music which is like decent, but if you have like a 432 frequency, that's a more harmonious frequency. You can listen to like long tracks of it that are like two, three hours on YouTube. And I don't know, I personally just like drop right into my body when I listen to that. Like it just, I feel immediately centered and calm and not like my brain is on fire, Uh, which is kind of like how I felt Recently, I've had a lot of tasks to do and my brain is on overload right now. And um, I'm actually sitting in my bedroom on the floor recording this right now in the dark. It's um, it's like 10, 15 a.m. when I'm recording this, but I have the blackout blinds closed, the lights off. The only light is coming from my com- computer screen so I can record this for you. And I just need it. I just needed this like less stimulus, less lights, less sound, um, less reminder of the outside world and everybody out there in their cars rushing around. This is still something that's so important to me. Um, Especially with a job that I do. I work at Ambulance Dispatch. We have like at minimum five computer screens in front of us, some desks, some different positions around the room have like six and we're getting more. Um, There might even be seven, I don't know, but we're getting even more. So you have these things that are just, there's data, 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 so many numbers that my mind is processing, different addresses, different times, uh, distances, Uh, So much that my brain has to process all at once. You know, there's lots of split-second decisions that happen at my job. And that's just, like, the actual um, 
like information level, not to mention um, having to to handle people, you know, talking not just um, 911 callers, but people on the phone. You have to talk to um, hospitals, ambulance crews, uh, airplane pilots, um, paramedics. You have to talk to so many different people. You have to talk to um, just you have calm callers and you have hysterical callers and you have angry callers and you have sad callers. It's just the whole spectrum and you have to be ready to process whatever comes your way just right then and there. So for me to add extra stuff on top of that is kind of a danger zone for me. And like, no wonder I was addicted to alcohol. Um, Not even just from like trauma that you get from that job, the emotional trauma from it, but just the stimuli in itself. By the end of the day, it felt like my brain was made of concrete. Like there was no, I couldn't put more into it and I couldn't let anything out of it. It was just this dense, dense static. That there's nothing, there's nothing to be done about it. So um, what alcohol does actually at that point is you're running so high all day, right? From the moment you wake up and your alarm's going off, you're checking your emails, you're listening to the news on your way to work, you're getting all this data right off the bat. You have It's not even 5 a.m. at this point. So you're, you're kind of setting yourself up to fail if you don't start out slowly. You're already at this really high point. So you're going and you're going and you're going. And then all of a sudden... You have, a, you have to find a way to, to bring yourself down. You have to find a way to bring yourself out of it. And for me, that was to turn myself off. And to turn myself off was with alcohol. It took me from 100 to 0 in like a matter of minutes. And it was very effective. It worked really great. You know, it worked super great until it didn't. And... We have to find within ourselves a different way to turn ourselves off in those moments that isn't a chemical substance because we just perpetuate the problem and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And so what we're doing is we're making it even more difficult because our body at that point in time, at the end of the day, you're drunk, you're going to sleep intoxicated your body can't rest properly you can't rejuvenate properly and a lot of the time I this wasn't my personal experience but I know so many people who would wake up in the middle of the night 2 3 a.m with like mad anxiety from uh, all the alcohol they they had put into their body uh, just hours previous woke up um, night sweats you know and and that doesn't set you up for a good day either right you're already you're already failing at that point. So it's really important to just be so gentle with yourself. Slow down. Breathe. Just breathe and and take moments to yourself that that aren't scrolling through your phone. Quite it's okay. Like give yourself permission to just sit and just be and and not have to have something to distract your mind with. It's okay. You will survive this. You will make it through this. 
breathe. What I also find interesting about this, this poem, White Noise, is that the first thing I say is I'm an attic buried transistor radio. And that's like, that's how I felt like just this, this machine that is supposed to be giving you communication. It's supposed to be a, a good frequency of information that you can easily digest and uh, there should be no thought about it. But when that dial is not quite right, it is awful to listen to. You can't understand what is being said, what is being played, and it's just headache-inducing. We've got to get that dial back to true. Because if you can't get it back to true, then you have to turn it off. And it would be nice to be able to just easily process information without having to go from 100 to 0, right? We'd like to just stay right in the nice middle of it all. Balance. How many of you crave balance? I crave balance all the time. Balance and clarity, those are like really my my mains with this whole entire entire journey that I'm on. Life journey, spiritual journey, what have you. Clarity and balance. And to say um, an attic buried in the subconscious, a lot of my poems, as I've said before, is they come from raw emotion. And I'm not like intellectually writing this. It's coming from a place that isn't cerebral. It's, it's raw. And it just is the only way that I can conceptualize what the hell is going on inside of me in that moment. But on a subconscious level, an attic symbolizes the mind and the higher self uh, deep within the psyche. And to call it buried is something's in there. Something is in there that is providing me with this harrowing, frenetic, sometimes beautiful, melodic, but other times jarring and, and frigid grossness that they're colliding and they're not making sense and they're not on the same page. There's something in me that is wrong and there's something in me that is very right and it is time to try to reconcile those things together. It's time to tune that radio station to true. And the more we can quiet down and we can uh, stop putting nonsense messages into our body, like I think about this all the time, Everybody at work experiences the same stimuli that I do. However, um, I'm of course I'm guilty of this as, as well, but most of us spend a lot of time on Facebook actually like during work. There's uh, we have a business computer that we get to use and it's just it's um, you know to use Google or or whatnot, but a lot of people go on Facebook throughout the day. And I have to be very wary of that in myself. Because that is just an extra screen that my brain has to process. 
my brain at its base level, I really don't believe that it can be like, this is Facebook and this screen is work. And there is a very separate thing between these tasks you have to complete. I think on a base level that when messages pop up on Facebook and when uh, 911 calls come in, how does my brain differentiate between that? How does my brain really understand the priority of just completing tasks, knocking down those notification icons, whether it's on my business computer or on my personal computer? I don't know. So if I am very aware of how much my brain can take at that moment, I can just close out of Facebook, you know, or not even launch it for that day. If I know that I just kind of need some space to breathe, that is a choice that I can make. White noise. I'm an attic buried transistor radio. Rusted stuck between two frequencies, where the FM station plays lively, carefree melodies that remind you of summer skylines. The other is much more frenetic, AM and harrowing, mumbles and screeches that you can't quite decipher. It isn't summer, it's dead of winter, it's the nostalgia, it pulls as barren and frigid. The two stations mingle and slice, jarring then lilting with sweet moments of soft static. The stimuli is often much more than too much, and the only chance for silence is to turn me off. Have a fantastic week, my friends. See you next time.